Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashev and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Hey, howdy. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Hey, brewers and brewsters. And and blisters. Brewsters. Blisters? Look at blisters. Some of those brewsters sometimes. <laughs> a little too much rubbing. Yeah, that's yes. what they told me. It was a little too much rub. <laughs> Quit doing that. That's so good I can't stop, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you end up with them blisters. A little too much rubbing. Ah, uh, speaking of a little too much rubbing, how about those guys in Northern Brewer, huh? They got it all. <laughs> they got it all. Yeah. Now, those uh, good folks at Northern Brewer, they've been uh, sponsoring this show since, uh, pretty much since the, the inception, uh, like six years ago. Yeah. And What was uh, the first style you did, the first? Uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Russian Imperial Stout was your kickoff show. Yeah. Nice. I was like, uh, well. Oh. Let's do a reenactment of that right now. How that went. Hello? <laughs> this <one>? Hello? <laughs> I am Jamel. Yeah. And we are talking about Russian Imperial Stout. And Northern yeah. Brewer, probably, too. You probably mentioned them quite a bit there. I think I think they pick, picked us up after they heard oh, great they radio heard like Russian, that. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is good stuff. You want to get on the ground let's, floor? Let's, let's go ahead and uh, sponsor that bad boy. Great. So I don't I don't know what they were drinking at the time, but apparently it was enough to convince them to sponsor, and uh, nice. they've been doing it ever since. They're paying for the show, so you don't have to. Uh, you know, make sure you go to northernbrewer.com dot com and uh, you know express your opinion by uh, at least emailing them, or you know if you see something there that uh, that you like, uh, you know go ahead and uh, uh, you know plunk it in your shopping cart and and, and pick it up. They get seven ninety nine shipping. On uh, just about everything, and uh, it's a pretty good, pretty good deal. Put a note in the special instructions. Uh, you know, to be an army member. Yep, we really appreciate that because they they really notice that stuff. They do, they do. Uh, yeah, they actually changed their uh, their their oh, process yeah. based right. on that because initially people were putting that in there and it was causing the orders to slow down. In the exception pile. In the exception pile, yeah. But uh, they realized that a lot of listeners were into it, so. Um, no, it, it, if anything, it gets you a special treatment. So, uh, you know, check it out. And, uh, they provide all the, uh, ingredients, uh, to do a lot of these, uh, uh can you brew it beers? Uh, they've got a wide selection, uh, quality products, great price, great shipping. So check them out, northernbrewer.com. Uh, yeah. How things going for you, Tasty? You, uh, going well. a good time? Yeah. yeah, doing a fair amount of brewing, but, uh, but every other week or so. Yeah. All session ales. Session ales. Summer is the time for session ales, well, I think. You never have enough beer because, right. uh, you know, people like to drink more. And uh, lighter beers are what they want to drink. So. Right. Well, and this isn't the time for 
for less flavor. Yeah. It's the time for a little less alcohol right. because it's the dehydration of the sun. Yeah, and all the calories. Yeah, all the, yeah, yeah there's just, there's, there's, there's heavier. You want yeah. to be a little bit lighter in the right. weather. Yep. Uh, that's, a, that's the way to go. I, um, I'm big on session beers for the summer. For the summer? I mean, for the spa, fall, spring, and winter, baby. Yeah, for year-round. Session no, beers all true. around. Third season's the appropriate all the time. That's right. That's true. Yeah, as long as they have flavor. I don't like the flavorless oh, yeah. Yeah. beer. The thin ones, yeah, yeah. I also wear white after Labor Day, so I just break all the rules. You're just a heretic, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. That's right. So what is the, what is the ABV of like Budweiser or Coors I think it's, I think it's like 5.2 or something like that. And what's the ABV 5. of 6? like a really popular session? Well, what's the ABV of that Merari that you guys you just came out with? That? Uh, uh, the, uh, ours is 4.4. 4. Um, just think of the Ballast, flavor. Ballast Point has a really good one. Um, I can't think of the name of it all of a sudden. Uh, but then it's like 4%, I think. Wow. Um, well, just compare it, thinking about Fire your beer, your beer compared to that, to that Budweiser, the flavor difference. For, for less, right. for you, less you can ABV. get more flavor in a lower alcohol beer. Yeah. 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 Something sessionable, something you can drink more of. Nice. Absolutely. Great. Uh, yeah, Firestone's got a good one. Uh, 21st Amendment with their uh, Bitter American. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, uh, I remember when he first yeah. came out with that, and I was just like, wow, dude, good this idea. is fantastic. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, I like it, but, uh, you know, I just kind of brewed it for me. I'm like, dude, you need to sell more of this. It's fantastic. Yeah, that that really got me rock and rolling. I was down at Stone uh, a while ago, and they had a whole series of session beer on their menu wow. from all the local breweries. We're wow. doing things in the three and a half to four and a half range. Wow, it's fantastic! Nice, and you could you know just bop around on those, drink some pints of those. It's it absolutely uh, delicious. Perfect. Speaking of delicious beers, what's our uh, challenge for today, JP? Our challenge is another fantastic uh, beer from those handsome young men at Eagle Rock Brewing Company down in L.A. This is their Revolution, which I believe is their Extra Pale, if I'm not mistaken. Pardon me. Yes? Evolution. That sounds about right. Yeah, it's a fantastic beer, mm-hmm. um, that and their Solidarity. I think so far, after this show, we'll have hit my two favorite beers from them. Okay. They're Solidarian. great beers. Yeah. And Solidarity and Revolution are just, you can't beat them. Well, and our uh, our interviewer was uh, our own push eject, and That's true. our uh, our person stepping up for the challenge was uh, the uh, ever fantastic brewer Matt Staley. And we have Matt on the line. Hello, Matt. Hey, fellas. Hi. Yep. You're Matt. Here I am. Kind of sounds like Ready we're. You need to have it? you judge it. You need some theme music. <laughs> so Matt's a great brewer, but he doesn't. doesn't he doesn't think theme so. music. He needs he needs encouragement. It does kind of sound like we're trying to contact the Mars rover, doesn't it? <laughs> like, oh, it does. Is it a fourteen second delay? Yeah. So so tell us how is Curiosity doing? Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you see the, uh, the, uh, the escarpment there? there? I think you and you uh, you and and McDowell are Han and Chewie chasing an Imperial droid from the <laughs> background noise, but we're up with a burp burp. <laughs> um, no, it's probably my uh, my mouth is buzzing because I I got bit in the the face by a bee today or stung I should say what um, somehow made it through thirty four years of life without getting stung and uh, got stung on the face. Wow! Huh. So you're like trying to give a bee a blowjob or what happened? No, I was I was working outside and felt something on my face. I just kind of went to 
push it away, and then it was like, oh, weird, there's something there. And I kind of started boogerballing that up when it was a bee, and, uh, yeah, stung me right by the mouth. Wow. No, oh, you nice. went to, like, like, pick, like, pick it off of you, not even brush it away? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, oh. yeah, just like, oh. you know, just smeared it onto my face. And, <laughs> yeah. Now, see, when I was a small child, I got stung repeatedly. I got stung on the tongue once. Oh. Uh, I get stung in the neck. I get stung like it. So eventually I became like allergic to bees because I was getting stung from like ages of six months to nine years repeatedly. Bees just hate you. <laughs> no, I don't know why. I was like riding my bike one day, a little kid, and like, oh, I learned how to ride a bike. I'm cruising along and like bee, wee, right into my neck. <laughs> stung me. How'd you get the one in the mouth? Yeah. Were you giving it be a blowjob or something, bro? I was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was hard to suck him off because he was so small. No, uh, I was uh, uh, eating a piece of chicken or something and like a bee landed oh. on it. And uh, it sent me like way in the back of the tongue. Horrible. Yep. Uh, and I was like, you know, just old enough to like start eating solid food at that point and I get stung. <laughs> I get stung all, all sorts of times when I was a kid. And, uh, yeah, became allergic to bees. They're like, you know, you ought to think about carrying an EpiPen. <laughs> and I was like, eh, what? I was like eight years old or whatever. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you get stung again, you could die. I'm like, great. Awesome. But, uh, so I have, yeah, I have, uncle I have to carry one. Since and since I'd never been stung, we never knew whether I was allergic or not. So uh-huh. I was watching for my face to start exploding, but everything's fine. Is that workers' comp? Oh, yeah. yeah. Take that. Right, you, you should be out like a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could brew more mm-hmm. beer. I had my coworker punch me in the face, so it would just swell just up swell. a little bit more. You know, <laughs> I got yeah. stung in the face, but how'd you lose that tooth? It, it was powerful. <laughs> be. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, in Eagle Rock is one of your favorite breweries, isn't it, man? Yeah, I used to live up close to them. My older brother still does, so I get by there quite a bit and mm-hmm. always have a good time trying new things. All right when we when With, we have you know uh, their beers I don't I don't mean you know that other things, way yeah when we when we have uh, beers up for grabs uh, Matt always jumps on the Eagle Rock beers all right uh, let's do yeah. this let's take a short break and when we come back we'll hear from uh, Push and the uh, great folks at Eagle Rock uh, they'll tell us all about uh, how to brew Eagle Rock Revolution right after this. to the city. It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? (laughs) Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. (laughs) I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creation. 
creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes the Home Brewer. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps home brewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more, Zymergy Magazine, and eZymergy. For tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love. And access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Hilo, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. It's the Brewing Network. This is Push Eject, and I'm back at Eagle Rock Brewing Company with owner and head brewer, Jeremy Raub. How's it going, Jeremy? Good. Thanks for coming back. One thing I wanted to ask you about Eagle Rock is Eagle Rock's a family business. Yep. You're involved. Your dad's involved. Mm-hmm. Your wife's involved. Mm-hmm. How, how does that work? Uh, It works... Mostly great, um, <laughs> you know. With a, any any business with partners, you know, there's certainly going to be times of disagreement and and uh, and uh, that sort of thing. But no, it's it's really been great, and you know, we're you know just about two years into it now, and I think we're all starting to get a lot more comfortable with that, and and starting to feel more well oiled. Um, awesome. Well, one of the beers that's been a big success for you guys is Revolution. Yeah, it's, it's your extra pale ale. Can you can you describe that beer for everybody? This beer, I think, has come the furthest in our progression, and it's had the most changes in and uh, since the first time we brewed it. Um, I gotta be honest. I mean, the first three beers that we came out with, Solidarity, Manifesto, and Revolution. Um, Revolution was kind of the redheaded stepchild <laughs> of the bunch. When we first brewed it, it was a little bit higher gravity. And it was just a little bit kind of muddied. Like, the flavor profile wasn't really as clean and bright. And it's interesting because it's not officially a style. 
it's sort of I guess like a developing style you would say um, and it kind of is a branch from American Pale Ale is, is how I interpret it to be an extra pale ale meaning like sort of a lighter version of a pale ale easier drinking a little bit lower alcohol but generally with extra pale ales is they they kind of retain that hot profile of a pale ale but because it's a a little bit thinner body a little bit lighter that the kind of cuts a hole for the hot profile to to show through so you get a, a really nice crisp hot profile but a really light easy drinking kind of session beer so you're saying the original gravity has changed from where you guys started at. You brought yeah. it down a bit. Where is it at now? This beer starts out uh, at about 12 and a half Play-Doh, or you know, about 10.50. Where does it finish out? It finishes out around two and a half. I've got it right here. Yeah, 2.7. Originally, it was the first couple of batches we brewed uh, were a bit higher gravity, and everything was a little bit muddled. All the flavors. I wasn't quite happy with it. You know, we. We kind of looked at it again uh, and said, all right, well, this could be better even. It was one of those beers that at the end of the night when we're going to get an end-of-shift beer, that was never the one that people, you know, we weren't going for. And we're like, wait, you know, this is, let's, let's, uh, let's work on this. So That's an interesting metric. That's an interesting litmus test. If you don't want to have it at the end of your day, <laughs> yeah. maybe something needs to change. Okay. And it wasn't that it was bad. It was sure. just like, you know, we were reaching for something else. And it was like, well, let's... This deserves like a more fair shot. We started tweaking it, and um, we were using at the time two row malt, a little bit of crystal twenty, a little bit of acidulated malt, and that was original. That was in the original recipe, and my my idea with using the acidulated malt was just to kind of, in a very small amount, just to help kind of brighten things up. Just that little bit of acidity give you some flavor stability and a little bit of like lightness on the palate, and then a little bit of carafoam just to kind of help head retention. So we were talking about it, and we thought, you know, this is, it could be a little bit lighter. It's extra pale ale. It should be, you know, extra pale. (laughs) And what we did was, this was really kind of a a really interesting learning point for us, was we started doing uh, sample trays here at the tasting room. So, you know, you'd have all four beers side by side, all of our four year-round beers. And people started commenting um, so which one is revolution and which one is populist? You know, just by looking at them before they even tried tasting it. Populist is your IPA. Is our IPA, right. yeah. And that, that's one of the great things about having a tasting room, having that instant feedback from customers. Mm. People were liking the beer when they drank it, but the fact that they couldn't tell it apart side by side from the IPA just looking at it. They could tell by the aroma, obviously. But we thought, okay... Let's uh, maybe start lightening it up even a little bit more. Well, right around the same time, we had ordered malt for the next batch of Revolution. And the supplier we were getting it from didn't carry RAR uh, malt, but they carried Wireman. Uh, and it was, we were getting it from Crosby and Baker. And so just kind of the, the ordering cycle, it came about that we ordered Wireman Pale Malt to brew revolution with and that was that we were going to use that as the base malt and we thought well you know two row pale whatever same thing so we get that malt we brew the exact same recipe with the c15 uh with the the wireman pale malt as the base uh the acidulated and the carafoam and that base malt added a lot more color and it also added this like malt depth this richness it was like holy cow 
it darkened the beer up just by adding, just by changing the base malt. Mm-hmm. But it also added this really nice malt richness that all of us were like, we we're when that batch was finished, we all kind of looked at each other. We're like, holy shit, this is great. <laughs> oh, can I say that? Is yeah. That, okay. So we were like, hell yeah, this is what we, this is what we need to go with. So we started using only the Wireman Pale as the base and then pulling out little by little, pulling out some C15 just to kind of lighten up the color. And we did it over the course of about three batches. And, you know, one batch we cut the C15 in half and the finished beer we thought you know what we're not really missing it the next batch even less and then finally it was like gone completely and uh we all agreed like yeah this is now we're really happy like again it's like we kind of had that recipe we were happy with but then changing the base malt we're like wow this is like could be even better so we tweaked it more and like now it's we're all in agreement that this is the version we we want to stick with. So, so today it's just pale malt, acidulated malt, and carafone. Yep, that's it. Three malts. Perfect. So how much in a fifteen barrel batch? How much of that pale malt goes into it? Uh, Seven hundred seventy pounds of the Wireman Pale, twenty six pounds of the Wireman Carafone, and then four pounds of the uh, Wireman Acidulated. Now that we've come around kind of full circle to this beer that we're really happy with, it makes total sense. It's like, great, simple malt bill. Mm-hmm. You're showcasing the hops a little bit, but you still get that really nice kind of biscuity malt character that just kind of, like a baseline. It's just kind of, you know, it kind of weaves in and out with the hop profile, which is, which is cool. Do you brew this at the same scale, uh, 15 barrel? Uh, yes, batch size? yeah. 15 barrel batch size, and now uh, our fermenters are almost all entirely 30-barrel fermenters, so we brew double batches. Okay, but you brew 15 barrels at a time and yep. then double up. Gotcha. That's right, yeah. So tell us about the hops in this beer. Yes. How, how bitter is it? The actual number of calculated IBUs is 37. And I believe you said last time we talked to you use the Rager formula. Rager formula, yep. And it's really light. I mean, with just those, those three malts, I'm going to guess this is what, like maybe an eight? Yeah, I mean, it's weird, too, because calculated, like, doing, putting it in the brewing software with Wireman Pale and with the RAR 2-Row, the calculated color doesn't really come out that much different. But looking at it, it's like, yeah, I would say this is, yeah, probably like a 6 to 8. SRM. Yeah. yeah. What do you mash at? We tend to target a little bit lower mash temps. Um, because we took the crystal out, we ratcheted it up about a degree or two. Um, we were, when we were using a Crystal 15 in it, we were mashing around 150, 151. Now it's up to uh, about 153 that we mash at for this beer. What we do is we do it um, after we're mashed in, single infusion. Um, we'll do a 20-minute rest. Then we'll start recirculating, and we'll do that for 20 minutes. And then we have like a, a little T set up off of our recirculating pump so that as soon as we're done recirculating, we don't have to interrupt the uh, flow of the of the mash runoff. So you know it's running off, going back up to the top. We're pumping it really gently, and then we'll just have a, we have a T set up with two valves, so we can close the recirculating loop and open up the loop to the kettle, and we'll start running off right away. So 20 minute rest, 20 minute recirculate, and then start running off, and then the runoff usually takes about an hour. So you're still getting conversion, but by the end of the recirculate, most of that conversion is completely done. Gotcha. So for hops, um, 
Magnum, we really, we like Magnum as a bittering hop. It's clean, it's high alpha, it does the trick. So we use that in Revolution. We also use that in Populist, our IPA, as the bittering hop. So for our batch size, we use three and a quarter pounds of Magnum at 13.4 alpha. And then... Is that right at... I think you said you do a 60-minute boil? Yep, 60-minute boil for this beer. And that, so that's at 60 minutes you do that, the Magnum? Correct, yeah. And then um, the other uh, hop additions are all Whirlpool. Hmm. I don't know if, if uh, homebrewers realize how much hops are substituted on the commercial scale just because of availability. A lot of craft brewers are, are using substitutions or hop blends so that over time they can keep a really similar hop profile um, you know, without having these drastic swings in the hop profile um, due to substitution. But uh, back to the, the hops that we use in this beer, as I said, Magnum is a bittering, um, and then the only other hop additions are in the Whirlpool, and we use two pounds of Cascade at, uh, last time it was 6.4 alpha, three and a quarter pounds of Galaxy, that's 13 alpha, and then one and a quarter pounds of Willamette, and that's at 4.6 alpha. How long is your Whirlpool? Uh, yeah, the Whirlpool is, is 20 minutes of circulating it, and, and we Whirlpool in our kettle. Mm-hmm. Um, for 20 minutes. For 20 minutes, we'll have the pump on. And the, and the hops you're adding at that point, you throw in right at the beginning of that 20 minutes? Uh, we put them in near the end, oh, near actually, the end. of okay. the Whirlpool. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point to bring up, because, you know... Obviously, if you put them in at the beginning, you're getting more sort of cooking time. Gotcha. We put them in right near the end of the whirlpool. Um, so usually about like five minutes left. Okay. Just so they can be integrated. And then when we shut off the whirlpool, um, when we shut off the pump, we let it rest for 20 minutes before we start knocking out. I think that's an important step. I, I didn't really do that on the homebrew scale. I didn't really realize I'd just swirl it, let it go, and then and then start knocking out, um, which I guess if you're getting good results, fine. But, you know, that extra 20 minutes of kind of letting it continue to whirlpool on its own, the inertia that was started by the pump, you know, all of those solids are going to kind of form a nice tight cookie in the middle of your kettle. And uh, giving that extra time kind of helps, helps that formation. And then kill the pump after the 20 minutes, let it rest for 20 minutes as we're setting up all the, the hoses, and then we'll start knocking out. So what do you ferment this at? Um, generally 68. Okay. Yeah. 64 to 68 is the range, but, you know, if we set the temp controller for 68, it'll kind of come up to that and then stay there. What yeast do you guys use to ferment this beer? Ah, yes. Good question. Um, Y yeast 1056. We use that same yeast for our IPA as well. So, yeah, this is sort of like the propping beer for Populist because uh-huh. Populist is a higher gravity. So Okay, so... The only other sort of recipe additions are the uh, the yeast nutrient and Whirlflock. It's pretty standard for all of our average strength beers for this batch size. We use 2.7 ounces of yeast X and 2.7 ounces of Whirlflock G, which is like granulated Irish moss. And that's it. Awesome. What does the um, what does the ABV end up on this beer? Um, it's right around five point two. And do you guys dry hop this beer? Yeah. The, the um, 
after the beer finishes out, we do our forced diacetyl test, mm-hmm. which I mentioned last time. When it's getting close to finishing gravity, we'll take a sample, heat it up, make sure you're not getting diacetyl off of that. And then um, once it's past forced diacetyl, we'll crash the tank, and then we'll, we'll dry hop it. Basically, the same day that we crash the tank, we'll, start, we'll dry hop it. So it's the hops kind of get a little bit of that warmer uh, beer. It's like, you know, generally around 64 degrees when we start crashing it. We'll turn it down over the course of two days. The first day we'll turn it down to like 48, and then the next day we'll turn it down to 32. Do you end up dumping the yeast at that point? Yeah, we harvest the yeast before we dry hop it. Crash the tank, we pull off our yeast, It's uh, then we dry hop, and uh, with this beer... Um, kind of a modest dry hop addition, nothing too crazy. We generally do the same, about roughly the same dry hops, or the same hops varieties that we use in the Whirlpool. The only exception is the Galaxy. Um, we've been using uh, Cascade, Willamette, and Liberty as our dry hops. Just with the idea that they're, they share similar characteristics. The Willamette's a little bit more floral. The Cascade is a little bit more citrusy. The Liberty is a little bit more spicy. But it's a nice kind of subdued hop character. We don't really look at alpha when we're dry hopping. We just go by weight because you're going to get a little bit of uh, IBU contribution, but kind of negligible as far as we're concerned. So three pounds of each for... uh, Oh, sorry. We're talking 15-barrel batch. Um, Uh, A pound and a half of each, yes. When we dry hop... We've got both batches in the 30-barrel tank. So with the 30-barrel tank, we're dry hopping nine pounds total, three pounds of each. How long do you let those dry hops sit? Um, you know, as a, we, we tend to not let the dry hops sit longer than like four days. Um, I know some people like to have them on for like a week. It's just, you know, it's kind of six to one, half a dozen to the other. Everyone has their little preferences and, and techniques that they like to do. Um, I tend to think that after four days, maybe after five days, you start to get more of like the grassy character from the hops, more of that like um, chlorophyll vegetal character. And so I usually like to cut it off after about four days. Three days will be the fastest. You know, we won't push it uh, sooner than three days, and usually it'll be on the fourth day that we'll... uh, will dump out those hops. And water, what do you do for the water for this beer? Uh, water is just filtered, but otherwise untreated, no mineral additions or anything. Carbon filter? Carbon filter, yep. What do you carbonate this to? Um, 2.6 volume. We had tried it a little bit lower, but we all seemed to prefer it when it was a little bit, you know, just a little bit more lively. Just kind of drives that, like, brightness a little bit more. Is there anything else we need to know to brew this beer? Uh, You've been very forthcoming with your with your process, which is awesome. I don't I don't think so. I mean, um, really, it's it's a pretty straightforward beer, and uh, it's one of the fastest brew days for us. I mean, it's simple malt bill, really pretty simple hop bill, and just two additions. You're not having to set a bunch of timers and and run around uh, throwing things in the kettle all throughout the boil. Uh, it's it's pretty straightforward beer and uh i think when we kind of evaluated it and you know we were honest with ourselves it was like all right let's simplify it a little more and and i think that 
it finally kind of came to that point where it was like all the simplicity could kind of just come through and, and speak for itself. So we got out of the way and just let the beer <laughs> be what it was going to be. So do you see yourself changing it anymore or has it arrived? No, I think it's arrived. Um, you know, we, we are all happy with it. And that's, for me, that's kind of when I know, you know, we're going to really stick with it is when all the staff, when everyone is happy with it and everyone, you know, is filling growlers of that to take home, you know, for the evening or for the weekend. It's like, all right, I think we've, I think we've got it now, <laughs> you know. Well, thanks again for having us, for taking the time and for sharing your beer. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, doing this. This is fun. Anytime. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it. With great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Kids, come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. 
This summer, Reed Antis from New York won fully paid tuition to the 2012 World Brewing Academy Concise Course in Brewing Technology thanks to Lalamon and Danstar and their 2012 Beer School Contest. It was so much fun, they're doing it again. Announcing Danstar's Beer School 2013 Contest. From now until December 13th, 2012, every time you use Lalamond or Danstar Premium Brewing Yeast, your empty packet is your entry for a chance to win a professional brewing course. In the Beer School 2013 contest, Lalamond will sponsor two lucky winners, one professional brewer and one home brewer, in a random drawing for fully paid tuition to the 2013 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth nearly $4,000. This course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Get your official entry form and rules at danstaryeast.com. Get brewing with the dry yeast advantage from Lalamond and Danstar. Visit danstaryeast.com. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Seven short minutes off California State Route 101, there lies a secret oasis for all craft beer lovers. It's relax, grilling, and chilling, bro! Relax, grilling, and chilling in Hollister, California is a craft beer lover's dream come true. Not like a creepy JP dream. Like a normal craft beer lover's dream. 30 taps pouring your favorite craft beer. Visit Relax Grilling and Chilling on Facebook to see the most up-to-date beers and what's on the grill. Let us grill so you can chill. Angus burgers, filet mignon, and ribeye steaks, dogs and sandwiches, and more. Great food, great beer in a place where you can kick back and relax. Tuesdays are brewery nights. Come in to celebrate, and you're not limited to enjoying your favorite brew at the restaurant. Relax, grillin' and chillin' has beer to go. Relax, grillin' and chillin'. Let them grill so you can chill. Now back to the challenge. Can you brew it? All right, we're back. Interesting interview there from Eagle Rock, and uh, thank you very much. Uh, Push eject. Getting that uh, good interview. Yeah, Jeremy's a great brewer, and he uh, gave told us the whole deal. Full kimono. Open that bad boy wide up. All right, so during the uh, interview uh, here in the studio, we did a uh, blind tasting. Uh, we had the beer poured into glasses uh, with a uh, random code on them and uh, tasted them uh, side by side. Uh, let's start with JP. What, what was your thoughts, JP? 
Um, I thought they were very good beers, both of them, uh-huh. of course. Right. Um, I thought one had a little bit more bitterness than the other, um, but that also could have been carbonation level. The carbonation level seemed a little bit uh, different, but uh, I thought it was cloned. Okay. Which is rare for me to right. not have any sort of weird nitpick. But um, usually, it's not cloned. No, yeah, it's never. It's the just cups never going are slightly to different. There's yeah. like a little piece of plastic on one cup that wasn't on the other one. Okay, well, I guess they're not cloned then. No, they're not. Okay, so you call it cloned? I do. Okay, all right. We have you, Matt, on the phone, right? I didn't lose you. Oh, I did lose you. It, it, Matt's... Is this uh, Matt? Not quite there. Tasty, what did you think on the, uh, on the well, beers? Uh, I think they're both uh, identical in body. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah, the, I agree uh, with that. One sample uh, is just a little slightly darker, but not, not enough that... Uh, Mm-hmm. I would uh, change the recipe uh, if it's the homebrew. You maybe it's just a different, you know, sort of a caramelization issue or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, or if it's the commercial brew, they may have a, you know, part of their regimen made to make you know high high level of boiling right. to get some of that malt character or melanoidins in uh-huh. in the beer. But uh, you know, uh, the hopping level, like the balance in the beer, they're they're right. both uh, exactly the same. Uh, Matt must have followed the uh, recipe uh, really well. So, yeah, I say cloned. I say uh, cloned very well. I, I like uh, mm-hmm. both beers. So I, uh, whichever one it is, uh, right. Matt did a great job. And for me, I would call them uh, cloned as well. I think that um, what turned out to be the homebrew was um, slightly fruitier and slightly hoppier <coughs> than the commercial example. Um, and like you were saying, uh, tasty slightly darker. Um, but you know, it's such a subtle difference yeah, that yeah. I think, eh, no, that's, that's cloned. I, I wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't notice between pints. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, um, you know, who knows how long it, you know, the commercial example was in the bottle, uh, that could have been, you know, bottled a while ago. Is there a date on that thing? Or? Let me check here. That's always the hard part about doing clones. Right. Or at least, you know. Right, you brew something fresh, and then you're going to compare it to you know a commercial example that's been you know in the store for three months. Right, like oh, no, I'm not seeing any dating. Yeah, Matt Staley, what do you say? Cloned? Uh, I say I say cloned too. Yeah, Um, I I did get the same differences you guys are describing, and Uh for me, the strangest one is that that color difference. But right, go figure. Well, and it depends I mean, on uh, what their base malt is and, you know, um, if their base malt is different than yours and has a, you know, a slight difference in, in color, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that can make a big difference in the, the end beer. Yeah. Yeah, the, the guys at Eagle Rock actually did give me all the ingredients for this. Oh, really? Straight out of well, the store. So. Okay, yeah. well, that, that'll eliminate so all I, those differences. You know, I'm all... Right. Yeah, I'm scratching my head looking at my kettle wondering if I'm getting huh. like a tiny bit of caramelization or something that in a big system they're not getting. Yeah. And it's just intensifying things a little bit, but it doesn't affect the flavor. I thought mine was right. maybe a little softer or something, but Well, and normally um, I would think oxidation or something, you know, you know, color ox- oxidation really darkens things. And I would okay. think that that would be an issue, but I don't taste no, that in your beer at no all. Oxidation in the flavor. 
Man, what's your run, when you do runoff? Do you start the flame as soon as you start getting runoff out of your mesh ten, or do you wait till you get a pretty good volume? Um, I usually wait until there's probably two or three gallons, but I have a pretty um, wide, shallow kettle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, do. I'm doing ten gallon batches in a twenty six gallon kettle. Oh yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah, that is pretty shallow, especially in the in the beginning. Mm. Uh, you may be getting some mm-hmm. caramelization. It's, okay. It, these light yeah, beers, that's where you'd notice it. Right. I can't do a mash out, so that's why I'm usually a little bit hasty maybe about getting the flame on to the mm-hmm. running so that they're mm-hmm. not converting any further or cooling, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's kind of fascinating yeah, that, that you have the same ingredients from the brewery, and it's kind mm-hmm. of cool that you get to brew on your system and see what the differences are, and then, right. you know... You can see where process has that, you know, difference in the in the in the beers, because you've got the recipe, mm-hmm. you've got the ingredients. <laughs> it's like okay, you don't have the equipment. You know, here you go. I actually, you know. I actually bottled up vials of the brewer's sweat so that I could kind of <laughs> drizzle that. <laughs> right. into the, there you go. The word at right off your yeah. nose. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. And what You're time? Right. Um, you know, when I whenever I figured they'd have the kettle open, like doing a dry hop edition uh. or something, I'd kind of just oh, there's your mistake right there. That's good timing. I see. I think that's uh, great timing. It lends a lot to the right. beer authenticity. Yeah. Well, uh, is Jeremy direct fired or uh, steam or jack? You know, steam jacket. I I don't know. I I haven't been in the brewery much there. To tell you the truth. Okay. Yeah, I can't even remember. I th- I think he's direct fired. You think so? But I just they, they got a bunch of barrel from uh, from Ale Smith uh, fermenters and such. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, the fermenters are direct fire, but I think maybe <laughs> the fermenters are direct fire. Yeah, nice. Be a smart That's how they get they get the the beer up to uh, yeah. boiling well, when they're fermenting. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot more yeast activity at boiling. Yeah, instead of frost brewed, his is fire fermented. Fire, right, yeah. fire fermented. Huh. Triple fire yeah. fermented, I think, is, is the way to go. I'd start there. That's what I'm going to be doing at, at our new brewery. We're going to be triple fire fermenting, and we'll have three fires going at once. That's heretical, man. Absolutely. All right, uh, so you're pleased with this beer? You wouldn't change a thing? Uh, yeah, I like it. Yep. It also, I should say, uh, got us a third place in the Inland Empire Brewing Competition. Oh, there um, you go. Yeah, which is my first award in American Ale, I'll say. I'm not a hoppy beer brewer, so even to get a bronze in American Ale for me was a big uh, boost to my inflated ego. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough category with a lot of entries, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. It was very cool. I'll tell so, you, you, know, have yeah, you, have you entered this in the AHA competition? In the uh, no, okay. Well, I, I think um, you know that that might be the next thing for it. You know, brew it again and, and enter it in the AHA competition next year. Uh, the AHA, I don't know if uh, everybody listening is familiar with them, but uh, the American Homebrewers Association. It's actually a great organization. They do more than the national competition, the National Homebrew Conference. Uh, you know, they actually advocate for the uh, you know American homebrewers and uh, do a lot of uh, uh, monitoring of, of the, the hobby and the, the political nature of things. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great organization. I really believe that everybody who homebrews should be a yeah. American Homebrewers Association member. Yeah, be a member. 
And there's some other benefits to it, you know. The, oh, you get the Zymergy magazine yeah. and the eZymergy, which means yeah. you get like years of back issues right at available mm-hmm, to you. Mm-hmm. Well, and do you use the uh, pub discount program? Oh, oh, yeah, I'm always looking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there could be a card you take around and flash it everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, every once in a while, I'm always flashing it everywhere I go. And I'll flash the card too. Yeah, yeah flash the card. I'll put it right over my thing when I'm not flashing <laughs> right. it. And uh, I've I've gone to places where in one meal. Yeah, I'll be there with the family, yeah. and in one meal, it's I've gotten enough of a discount to pay for the uh, the membership for a year. Yeah, so uh, really good thing. And if you go to the Brewing Network site, you can click on the AHA link, sign up, and the and Brewing Network gets a, a small cut back of that. Right. But uh, it's it's supporting a good organization. So yeah, there's a lot chance, of benefits uh, too. It's it not out. like you're getting a lot back. Just you're just not you're yeah. supporting them, but they're supporting you too. It's, it's yeah. a good deal. Yeah, I think I think uh, like I said, every home brewer should be a member. I yeah. think it it really uh, makes the entire hobby stronger and uh, continues to support your rights in in that area. Let's do this. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll go over the recipe uh, with Matt after this. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. Have you ever dreamed of taking a beer tour through Belgium or Germany, but weren't sure how to even start? Or were afraid of missing the best places and events? Or maybe you just wish you had a local insider to take you around? Well, there's only one American tour company featured in the Good Beer Guide to Belgium. Belgian Beer Me, your personal beer tour guide of Belgium and Germany, is ready to go at BelgianBeerMe.com and at BambergBeerMe.com. Founder Stu Stewart personally leads eight tours a year 
to Belgium and Germany, visiting the finest breweries, beer cafes, abbeys, and festivals, stocking stuffers, birthday presents, and the best honeymoon ever. Couples or individuals love Belgian Beer Me Beer Tours. Your life is now. Sign up for a beer tour today at Belgian Beer Me or BambergBeerMe.com because all that beer is not going to drink itself. Like both Belgian Beer Me and Bamberg Beer Me on Facebook to follow current and upcoming tours. When Michael Fairbrother started Moonlighting, he had no idea how quickly his dream was going to grow. Having homebrewed for 15 years, Michael decided to go pro, but not with beer. While attending his homebrew club meetings, he saw ladies knocking their men out of the way to try his mead. Moonlight Meadery is now two years old and can produce 200,000 bottles a year. It's the first New Hampshire winery to ever distribute to California and Australia. In fact, you can find Moonlight Meadery Meads in Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine, Rhode Island, Vermont, and New Hampshire. And they ship direct to 17 states. They produce 56 different varieties of mead and are unlike anything you've ever seen on the market. Michael Fairbrother at Moonlight Meadery is a real success story that can make the BN Army proud. Visit Moonlight Meadery in Londonderry, New Hampshire or online at MoonlightMeadery.com. to the city. It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? (laughs) Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. (laughs) I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes... back we're talking eagle rock revolution <clears throat> pardon me it's a tasty revolution it's a revolution of taste yes <laughs> i have that copyrighted what about flavor <laughs> it's a flavor revolution there we go that sounds like that's already copyrighted i don't yeah. know somebody gonna send me a cease and desist on that one i don't know uh good enough of them take yeah, that's right right it's like uh Child support letters I get. <laughs> uh, Beyonce's knocking on your door. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't use a condom. Eventually it catches up with you. 
Uh, anticipated starting gravity, 1050. 1050. Uh, 12, 12.5 Plato. And uh, Matt was telling me he spoke with uh, the brewers at, at Eagle Rock um, after the interview, and they gave him a few tweaks on the hops when he went to pick up the uh, ingredients. So uh, there's some, some changes there. Uh, anticipated color, 3.6 using Mori. Um, IBUs, 30 using Rager. Uh, at 70% efficiency, a 60-minute boil time, <clears throat> you're using 96.3% or 5.24 kilograms of a, a domestic two-row. You're using uh, fi- uh, a half a percent or 30 grams of acid malt and using 3.3% or 180 grams of carafoam as your malt bill. For the hops, you're going to do a 60-minute addition of magnum at 13.4% alpha acid at 60 minutes. And everything else is uh, either at the end of the, the boil or in dry hopping. End of the boil is... 12 grams Cascade at 6.4% alpha, 19 grams Galaxy at 13% alpha, 7 grams Willamette at 4.6% alpha. That's all that's at the end of the boil. For dry hopping, go 12 grams of Cascade, Willamette, and Liberty. Uh, Alpha acid 6.4, 4.6, and 4.0. It doesn't really matter that much in dry hopping. And then fermentation is with the uh, 1056 American Ale Chico strain from uh, Y-East. Uh, mash was, let's see, 153 Fahrenheit, and um, a couple of notes. Ferment at 64, pitch at, uh, uh, pitch at 64, free rise up to 60, I'm getting old, 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, final gravity is 2.7 uh, Plato. Dry hop is four days. Uh, zero minute additions might sit hot for 20 minutes. Um, or you can move them to uh, five to ten minutes back in the boil. They do that whirlpool, and like we've talked about on many shows, you might want to edge those back in order to uh, gather some of that bittering that that occurs from that. Do you have anything else to add to that, Matt, uh, in your successful clone of Eagle Rock Revolution, besides go to the brewery and get the ingredients there? Uh Uh-oh. What happened to Matt? Maybe he switched lines. Matt, is that you? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, what happened, buddy? You called back? I've been dialing and dialing. Oh. Madly. You're trying to win tickets? I don't know why. (laughs) You are the fourth caller. Uh, yeah, sorry. So, what's I didn't, your question, caller? I didn't know that we. I didn't realize that we had lost you. Apologize okay. about that. So, so Matt, did yeah. you um, did you have any tips on brewing this beer successfully, or uh, other than going to uh, Eagle Rock and picking up the ingredients there? <laughs> yeah, make friends, and then uh, I don't know. You guys said that mine was a little fruitier, and I wonder if you know I should have cranked down the fermentation temperature or kept it at sixty four a little longer. But I don't know. Other than that, it's pretty straightforward beer. I, th- I think that was kind of the galaxy hops, maybe. Um, the interesting thing is I tasted your uh, extra dry hopped version, and yeah. that one uh, tasted similar to the commercial version, but it, it didn't seem as fruity and hoppy as the commercial version. Interesting. Yeah. It's like I, a uh, whole bizarre change that <laughs> I wouldn't wouldn't have thought was going to happen with more dry hopping. I still, I still, yeah, yeah. 
same, uh, you know, refrigerator to ferment them in, but just I had some extra dry hops, so I put them into one of the, the fermenters, and, yeah, got a big difference. Huh. I still got a little fruitiness out of it, but not, not a lot. Well, and I wonder if uh, been the hops too, part of the effect is, you know, a little more oxidation. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well with the extra dry hopping, I I prefer the uh, the the first one that we had, the original. I did too. Yeah, it was very, it was very good. good beer. Yeah. Well, the you know oh. the act of dry hopping will rouse the fermenter in a way. You'll get a right. kick up in the in the activity. Hmm. Uh, I thought I the second one I thought had sort of more of a, a more yeast character in it maybe too. But yeah. they're both good beers. Right. Did well, a great job, Matt. And speaking of rousing. <laughs> Looking at the rouse things up in the bedroom, is that your answer? That's right. No! Oh, you want to rouse things up in the bedroom? Want to rouse your partner? Anytime I get a chance. Want to have a good time? Uh, well, for a limited time only, you go to adamandeve.com. You use the uh, code word Jamel, J-A-M-I-L. And, uh, get you're your wood gonna, right there. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to get chubby just by typing in those letters <laughs> at adamandeve.com. <laughs> and then... Uh, uh, when you do, you're going to get 50% off just about any one item. And they have 18,000 items. items. Yeah. I mean, you, you can find some. And it, it goes from the, you know, the very, uh, you know, respectful, you know, uh, to ro- a ro- plug, romantic, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, lingerie to the, uh, you know, ultra disgusting, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's something there for everybody. Uh, check it out. You get 50% off just about any one item. Uh, you're going to get a free extra gift that uh, we're not allowed to talk about. And you're going to get free shipping. And then you get three free DVDs. And those th- three DVDs, it's it's not like they just, you know, ship you some crap that le- in the leftover bins. You actually get to choose from genres such as anal, amateur, Asian, big breasts, big butts, bisexual, chunky coeds, fetish, gay, interactive, POV, lesbian, milfs, etc. Uh, you know, so you, you actually get to pick uh, the the DVDs that'll interest you, and you get three free DVDs. So you get you use the code offer code Jamil J A M I L. You're gonna get fifty percent off of the one item you buy. Then they're gonna give you all this free stuff and free shipping. A really great deal. It's a good company. Uh, they've been around for quite a while, and and actually, uh, you know, they actually uh, donate money to uh, some good charities. So uh, pretty good. A cool deal, and they support the Bring Network. So, uh, check them out, adamandeve.com. You can also shop on your mobile phone. Just go to adamandeve.com on your phone, and uh, they got a mobile site as well. So, check it out. All right, we got any questions from the chat? Of course, we do. And the reason we do is because we good old have Spider Wrangler. Spider Wrangler. Oh, you know what? My, browse, my browser crashed. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah, so talk amongst yourselves while I bring it back up. Sorry about that. Right. What? So, uh, Matt, uh, you're a big fan of the Eagle Rock beers down there. What what other beers do they have that uh, you enjoy? Well, I'm a fan of Solidarity too, and uh, okay. Populous their IPA is very good. Oh, okay, um, yeah. They also did for the, uh, the pro am at GABF last year. They did um, one of the Bukowski brothers recipes. Those are two guys that work at the brewery. They did a ginger saison mm-hmm. that. Um, I liked it the first year, and I liked it even better when they rebrewed it, and that's that's kind of a cool beer. I hope they'll, they'll bottle that one of these days. We'll see. Nice. Kind of a special release thing. Well, now now you're going to be at GABF this year, too. That's what I've heard with the heretic. 
Right, right. Well, you just yeah. need to keep uh, brewing Taffel Bully every time we change breweries. Please do. So uh, <laughs> we're we're yeah. we're getting ready to open the new brewery, and you can uh, you'll come up and, and brew with us at the new brewery. He'll be the first beer we brew at the new brewery too. Mm-hmm. So every time we have new equipment that we have no idea how it's going to turn out, we're, yeah. we're willing to brew Matt's beer. You have uh, Matt come in and just uh, sweat it out. Be right? the sacrificial goat. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's good at it. Totally. Yes. And um, the most happy sacrificial goat. There. <laughs> oh, he, he he worked his ass off uh, this time. I mean, yeah. I got photos of him in there just sweating his, his sack off uh, in the mash tun and the kettle, you know, cleaning, working, working really hard. Was it was first- a long day. It was... 23 hours from start to finish. It's the first time for, for everything, I suppose. All right, we got spiders' questions here. All right. Um, okay, they call it an extra pale ale, which sounds like a hoppier pale. Mm-hmm. I've seen other beers marketed as session IPAs, which bugs me. Are these mm-hmm. both shooting for the same middle ground between APA and IPA? What does the term extra pale ale really mean? That's a good question. Yeah, I think so, too. To me, I think it's just brewers marketing you know, uh, carte blanche, like whatever they wanted to mean. For me, I think, um, which is it, why it was, style it was the GABF just breaking up IPA and pale ales into as many categories as they could possibly think of to give yeah. out more metals. Yeah. So that, that would be my thought. I, what do you say, tasty? Well, uh, I don't know. I, most of those I get are actually lighter than what I consider to be, uh, your average pale ale, which is like 5.4 mm-hmm. to 5.6. Mm-hmm. This one's 5.2. Mm-hmm. I've seen extra pales below 5. So to me, the extra seems to be going, in my mind, in the low direction. Like it's becoming, a, huh. it's more of a lighter beer. Whereas Worse like on the IPAs, you say extra IPA, that means it's going to be like probably above 7%. Right, like right. The other way, you know. like could, could it be a hopping thing? So pale ale, normally, you know, a fair balance yeah, between the, malt the and hops. About, yeah, it's about 2 to 1. Whereas extra pale ale, maybe you're staying in that ABV range, but you're upping the hop character more towards the IPA range. And Mm -hmm. so that's the difference of extra pale ale. Maybe we should ask Chris Kennedy. Before I hired him, he won gold at GABF with an extra pale ale. I don't know what it is. So I I think, but but he entered his IPA as extra pale ale. Really? Yeah. And he won gold, so... (laughs) Who knows? I don't think he'll know any more than we will. It's kind of like, uh, yeah. That's the problem when you dilute. It's very much like too much. pornography. You, you know it when you when you taste it. Well, also if you have if you want a DVD of lesbians and a DVD of milfs, and you have a DVD of lesbian milfs, is it this? I mean, is it a different thing altogether, or is it? It's both? even better, right? Yeah. Um, the multiplication the is in your mouth. You'll know it when it's in your mouth. Yes. The DVD? The DVD. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why I love you, Matt. I think it should have scratch and sniff DVDs. <laughs> that would be incredibly bad. Yes. It would be an awful idea. <laughs> At each chapter, you'd scratch another sticker. It's a yeah, horrible idea. like, oh. Someone say that's the worst part of it, you see. Yeah. Is I it mean, smell? You, you really yeah. wouldn't get that for, like, the anal. You know, but the big button on it. That's why I wear the, the, the swimmer's plug, nose plugs. Yeah. <laughs> Tarrant loves it. All right. Uh, okay, here's another one from Spider Wrangler. Uh, since Matt got Galaxy hops straight from the brewery, he didn't have to track them down, but Galaxy is not available where I am. Hop oh. Union suggests Citra as a possible substitute. Do you guys think that would give you uh, the same? The same. Uh, he has no experience with know. Galaxy, he said. 
So Galaxy or Citra for uh, sub for Galaxy. I'll tell you this, uh, uh, Spider Angler. Why don't you email me and I will send you a pound of Galaxy. Whoa! And you can uh, you brew with that and uh, send me uh, some of the beer so I can taste it too. That's a good. Uh, Maybe I can send you some Citra and you can do them side by side. Oh, how's that sound? I think it sounds great. He's nodding his head. <laughs> he's, he's nodding his head. I for see sure. the monitor moving up and down. <laughs> so he yeah, went to went to on his keyboard. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, for for your continuous support of the Brewing Network, especially of Kenny and Brooke. the chat, and yeah, <laughs> and this and this shitty show, right? You're you're entitled to uh, uh, some some Citra and some Galaxy hops. Uh, okay, here's his last question: Do the Whirlpool additions being added five minutes from the end with a twenty minute rest need to be treated any differently from the tasty standard of Whirlpool hopping in our software? Yeah, oh, oh, somewhere right. twenty minutes. He right, capitalized right. tasty and standard, so right. those are official terms now. Uh, it can't be. No. Well, and, and generally, so what we try to do during the interview is ask him how long the whirlpool is, yeah. mm-hmm. and you got to assume that the whirlpool is you know close to boiling, and you know it, it however long it's setting in there, and and the agitation that happens, it's equivalent to I think boiling the motion you get when boiling, and that's why I think. Yeah. It's very similar. If they say, "Oh, we do a fifteen-minute whirlpool hot," then you know, move them fifteen minutes. If they say, "Well, we do forty minutes," I do like thirty. Uh, you know, I, you know, I just a little kinda, bit of adjustment, kind of guess around for it, in the there. fact that it's not boiling, but not much. Right, right, right. And, and it'll cool down a little bit over time. Right. And make sure everybody's listening is clear on what you're saying. When you're saying what we're saying is if your if your rest is going to be twenty minutes in your formulation of your recipe. Put the hop as if you added it at 15 20, or 20. 15 or 20, right, right, right. And then when you're all done, taste your beer and see if if, you're, if the IBUs are calculating out the way mm-hmm, you think they would. Mm-hmm. Maybe do a, a commercial beer. A little beer. less or a little more. And then you maybe you can say, well, maybe right. I should have called it a 20 because it does seem hoppier. Right. Then, and then you'll, you'll know what you're for your system, your whirlpool length. But be consistent in your whirlpool length. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you, you'll be able to you know dial in your recipes. Because we are, you know, what we've all you know figured out is, and through a lot of the professional people have got us to realize you're you're getting isomerization, you know, mm-hmm. in the whirlpool for sure. Right, right. Especially you know pellets. Important yeah, to use pellets. Exactly. Yeah. All righty. I've used pellets before. <laughs> Feed your rabbit. <laughs> Do you pet your rabbit? Yes. Your rabbit happy. All right. Uh, that's good, it from the chat. Another good show. I think uh, we uh, very uh, thankful to have uh, Matt Staley to knock out the uh, the clone for us there and uh, push eject to give us the uh, interview and. Uh, us for drinking it. I think uh, we should be very proud of ourselves for drinking the beer. They did all the work. Well, I mean, we had well, to open the I bottles. I had to drive here. You had to write on the cups and pour them. <laughs> it's, it's effort. It really is. It is effort. I'm sweating a little. With people as, uh, you know, prominent as us doing the work. If you appreciate the work that we do, go check out the Brewing Network store, brewingnetwork.com slash store. They got books, glassware, you know, all sorts of good things that you can uh, pick up shirts and things like that. When you buy that stuff, it goes to the bottom line. The Brewing Network can help support programming like this. Check out BYO. Click on that. Uh, half your sub- subscription price goes to the Brewing Network. Till then, Bruce Strong. And often. <laughs>